It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, where today we're going to just, or right now we're going to discuss the great NFL conference championship games that we just got for the AFC and the NFC 
championship games. It was great football for Sunday. Great games from the Bengals and the Chiefs and the 49ers and the California Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, great football to be watched. We're going to discuss, break it down. Uh, maybe discuss a little bit of the Jimmy G stuff still to be talked about. Uh, crazy, that still has to be talked about. We'll address all that. But before we do that, uh, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe button to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel if you're watching this on the YouTube channel. Um, helps out the algorithm and gets gets the video out there. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, also, uh, listen to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, follow it, rate it, be a friend, tell a friend, all that good stuff. If you could take the time to do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. And the podcast is also brought to you by the Coach or the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you head over to bellyupsports.com, check out over the 70 podcasts there, a bunch of blogs, uh, media, things for everybody there. So go check all that out. Uh, thank you, Belly Up Sports, for having the podcast on there. Um, and the podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and his Back to the Basics books and drills. If you go to coachstonefootball.com and check out his Back to the Basics series, uh, football coaches, you'll never have to look up another drill again. If you go check out his book series, his very first book was over 500 pages. Uh, so if you go do that for me, uh, coachstonefootball.com, check out all of the series that Coach Stone has on there for you, especially all you football coaches like me that are trying to get back to the basics. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, we had a great day of football. Um, you know, the Bengals started off against the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs can't. You know, we we we're, we're, we're saying that the Kansas City Chiefs game versus the Buffalo Bills was like the championship game, and I agree. That has to be one of the greatest games you've ever seen. So coming off that emotional game, how were they going to do against the Bengals? And then everybody kept talking. You know, the Bengals. Um, <laughs> they shouldn't be here. You know, the Bengals haven't been in the Super Bowl since, I believe it was 1988, I believe. So the Bengals just don't win playoff games. They just don't do that. You know, um, I, if you guys listen to 4th and 4 with um, Zach, Kyle, and Kelsey, and DJ, I believe what I said, if you give a team confidence, he goes, yeah, but they have that, uh, not stupid confidence, but he has like that uh, ignorance confidence of, or, you know, they're not supposed to do this. The Bengals are not supposed to be winning. They're not supposed to do this. Um, so like, I think most people, maybe even me kind of thought that they, there was a possibility that they don't win this game because it is the chiefs. You're going to be on edge, but Andy Reid said it best. There's a reason why the Bengals were there. They're not a team to be overlooked. Um, Burrow was playing very well, uh, has been playing very well. And, uh, it's, so this was just a game that, again, it put uh, put you on the edge of your seat. You know, I don't watch every single Bengals game, but or a Chiefs game. But if it's like that every week, my goodness! But you're on edge every time, on edge every single time, and you just never know. Every time Patrick Mahomes gets the ball, um, you never know. You just never know, um, what's going to happen when he has the ball. Sorry, you can also find the podcast on Colorcast. We're having a little technical difficulties. We're, you know, we're live. Uh, just it's not picking up um, the thing. So I apologize. But yeah, you just never know when uh, Patrick Mahomes has the football, how they're going to score, when they're going to score, um, everything like that. Um, 
so yeah, it was just a great game. We got it working now. Got it working. So technical difficulties. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the games here. Um, it looked like the Kansas City Chiefs were just going to run away with it. And, you know, I saw a lot of things of, oh, here we go again. Chiefs are going to make it to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is going to do his thing. They were up 21-3, to and I thought the same thing. Like, man, it's going to happen again. But if we remember, the Bengals played the Kansas City Chiefs before and came back and won. They were down. Uh, I believe they were down 11 at halftime. That's what ended up being with this game, down 11. So it's just deja vu for the Chiefs. Like, hey, they're going to do it again. The Bengals already beat you once. Going to do it again. And the thing with the Bengals in this game, and probably all season the people that have watched Bengals more than me, they don't go away and nothing bothers them. You know what I mean? That offensive line pass blocking was horrendous. Now the Chiefs brought a lot of pressure, and they brought pressure because that offensive line struggles. But it doesn't seem to bother the offensive line. It doesn't seem to bother Burrow that he gets rushed. It doesn't seem to bother the running backs that they get tackled right at the line of scrimmage. It doesn't seem to bother the wide receivers if they don't quite get the ball. And then on defense, if they do get beat, you know, it doesn't bother them, you know, on defense if a receiver beats them or, you know, yeah, it bothers them, but they don't stay down long. And so that comes from a culture bill, you know, to win two games last year, Joe Burrow, tear stuff in his knee and then they be back now so it's just crazy that he has that confidence to come back so that's culture that comes from the head coach and you know top to bottom that is culture building that's that's exactly what it is right there so kudos to that coaching staff to bring this in because you're down 21 to 3 and nobody seemed to flinch and what the Bengals did on offense was just nickel and dime Kansas City's defense down the field I, I literally put out there just keep taking what the defense gives you because if they're giving you a three-yard pass, you got to take it. If they're giving you a two-yard pass, and you, and that's what they're giving you, you got to take it. Because as long as you keep Kansas City's offense on the sideline, you're going to do just that. And then I, I've said this about probably 50 times out of the 200-some episodes on this podcast. A team that gets confident, a team that gets confident can do anything. They don't matter who they're playing, doesn't matter how they're playing at that time. At the moment, they get confident. Good things happen. So the Bengals start off. They're getting beat a little bit. Um, you know, they're struggling a little bit there. You know, it's 21 to 3. Um, they're not moving the ball quite as well on defense. They're giving up uh, decently long plays. You know, they're, they're doing all that. Um,. And they don't flip. So, but then you allow them to nickel and dime down the field and score. Uh, they get a field goal and then they do it again. Then the big stop at halftime, where it was fourth down, I believe, and they could have kicked Kansas City could have kicked field goal. But instead, Andy Reid was like, you know what? Conference championships, AFC championship game. We are going for it because we want to get as many points on there so that way they don't get the confidence. But then what happened is you gave them confidence when they stopped you. They stopped you a couple yards short. And so you gave them confidence going into halftime. So when you give a team confidence going into halftime, what do you think is going to happen when they come back on the field? They're just going to pick up the momentum. And the Bengals seem to be a second-half team. So if you keep – they were down by 11, which seems like a lot. Like we thought the 13 seconds wasn't – was you know, that's not enough time for Patrick Mahomes to go down and score. Well, being up 11 is not enough to put these Bengals away. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, as bad as our offensive line played, and I thought they played bad. He only was sacked one time. And it seemed bad. But 
he made athletic plays with his feet. He got rid of the ball quick. He can get he can read a defense as soon as that ball sound get rid of the ball quick. And I believe that comes from the work of especially his senior year or his last year at LSU, where they ran a pro style type passing attack where he could get rid of the ball quick. He could read that, you know, pretty well. He was twenty of thirty eight for two hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns. Now he had an interception. I believe it was popped up and someone caught it. That doesn't bother him. Doesn't bother him. Um, Kansas City Chiefs defense, you know, at first clamped down on the run game and then in the second half, um, especially in that fourth quarter where they, and especially the overtime where they were trying to ice it. They Joe Joe Mixon got, you know, and got away a little bit, twenty one carries for eighty eight yards, but they'll take that. Um if they're gonna pass the whole time, they're gonna pass the whole time. Uh and then they tried to take Jamar Chase away. He got a couple yards, 54 yards. But then um, Higgins had 103 yards. So Joe Burrow is really good at that. If you're going to take away his best option, he's going to find the other option. So the, def- the Chiefs defense just couldn't get a read. Um, Kansas City or uh, the Bengals seemed to do a lot more um, either curl routes from the running back or a slot guy was doing a flat route and they do a read route right behind it to open it up because they've got to make a decision. They're going to jump on that short route, which that's what they're giving up the whole time. So they started doing that. Well, then if you start backing up, They'll go right back to that. They don't care. They don't care if they take a three-yard pass or a four-yard pass as long as Patrick Mahomes stays on that sideline. And then something that we saw from the, the Chiefs that we don't normally see is they really the, 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 the phrase and the term tighten up. And what I mean by that is usually when they're down, they don't flinch. It really It's really weird. Of What I mean, when the Bengals started to come back, they tie it up. You know, it's 21-21 because they got it down to 21-19. They go for the two-point conversion and got it. So when it got to that moment, it started coming back. It seemed like – and then the offense seemed like they weren't keeping their foot on the gas. It really reminded me of um, kind of the Super Bowl against them. But if we want to talk about a college game with Oklahoma and Georgia, when Oklahoma was up on Georgia, they started to play it safe. They started to – be conservative and play calling. They weren't taking such shots. They weren't taking doing a lot of different things that they were doing on offense. And that's exactly how the Chief looked, which was crazy because Andy Reid doesn't do that. He literally continues to do it, but it seemed like they were, you know, we're up 21 to 10 or whatever it was at halftime. And they just said, you know, we're going to just keep – we're just going to play it safe. You know, we, we're going to get a couple short passes – like, that's what we do, you know. It's unfair, the Kansas City Chiefs offense. It's like playing Madden, you know. You have this team on Madden or anything. That's exactly what it looks like. So, he probably thought we're just going to do a little short passes. We're going to be able to make a move. We're going to be able to run the football. We're going to be able to do whatever. And it just seemed like – and then, well, credit to the Bengals' defense. I think Hill didn't have a catch second half or was only targeted twice. So, they did things to take him out of the picture – and then a couple guys weren't making the same catches that they do. Because remember, I, I watched this Kansas City Chiefs team a couple times. And sometimes it's pure luck. Yes, Patrick Mahomes makes a really, really, really athletic good throw. But it takes that type of stuff to beat a team. And when a, and a receiver has to make a fantastic catch when they don't do that, what are you going to do? And then I thought the Bengals defensive line did a good job of moving him out of the pocket, which he, he can do. He can move outside the pocket and run. But they knew, okay, we have to do this with our front four. We have to keep everybody back. We have to bump, um, keep everything in front of us. And they did a good job. I thought the Bengals did a good job of that. Um, And they finally pressured him a little more. Um, I want to see. They did sack him four times, and a lot of that came in the second half. You know, the first half he was Houdini and was moving around, um, couldn't quite get him. I mean, 
Kansas City scores seven in the second, 14 in the second, or seven in the first, 14 in the second, none in the third, and only three in the fourth quarter. So they did a good job of clamping it down. Um, again, Kansas City sometimes they rely on athletic ability to win games. They rely on a little bit of luck, a little bit. Um, but when athleticism, when you're dropping the ball, uh, you know, when the Bengals are playing uh, physical with you in the second half, they couldn't handle it. And then it just the phrase tightened up. Now, Patrick Mahomes still played a good game, you know, besides the turnovers. I mean, he had 275 yards passing. He was 26-39, three touchdowns. Now, he did turn it over twice. One came in overtime. He took that deep shot to Hill, popped up, Bengals intercepted, and the, you know, they marched down the field and kicked the field goal in the rest of history. He had an interception earlier, so – when you turn the ball over like that to Joe Burrow, that's what's going to happen. Now, I know people are going to say, well, Patrick Mahomes lost in the game because of that throw, and I'm going to get to why you can't really look at a quarterback unless they have like four or five interceptions and they have no touchdowns because we're going to talk about Jimmy G here in a little bit. You can't blame that on Patrick Mahomes. There's times their defense should have um, had an interception. There's times their defense could have stepped up. Um, there's times their offense could have made a different cut or you know they dropped a football, so it's team efforts. Never, oh, this guy lost in the game and vice versa and all that shit that people like to talk about, uh, which we'll get to again when I get to Jimmy G because I will defend all my statements there. So Patrick Mahomes just seemed to tighten up. See, and the reason why moving him, he seemed, the reason why I say is because when he moves out of the pocket to make a throw, he does pretty well. But in the second half when he was making moving around to make the throw, he seemed uncomfortable. He seemed like he didn't really know where to go with the football. I don't think the right receivers helped him out when he got outside the pocket um, because the rule is if you're on a short route and it's like, you know, what you call it the scramble drill. And when Patrick Mahomes is moving outside the pocket, if you're on a short route, you're going to go deep. If you're deep, you got to bring it back because he's not going to be able to throw it deep as you're already deep. You have to be able to come back, short throw, run deep. Maybe he'll throw you open. You got to practice that. And they didn't, I don't think they did quite as good of a job as that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I feel like, it almost felt like things were rushed when they were playing it safe. And then when it got brought back, it's like, oh my God, now we got to turn it on. And that's the thing with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's great that you could sit there and say, okay, we're going to turn it on when we need to. It's great to say that. But that's also a dangerous thing to say. We're going to turn it on and off when we want. Because what if you don't quite turn it on? What if one person turns it on, one, two people, and that's it? You need all 11 to turn it on. Or maybe just eight guys to turn it on. So that's dangerous with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I said that in the regular season. It's dangerous because when they do turn it on, they're they're deadly. But when it's turned off and they try to turn it back on, and it's during a game, it's not before the game, it's during the game, and another team is confident like the Bengals, you it's you you put yourself in a hole in a, in a spot to lose the game. And this is more than just X's and O's because screen game worked for the Bengals. I thought the screen game worked well. If you want to talk X's and O's, that did great. Near the end there, they started doing some wide zone stuff. It worked. They were getting a few yards out of that. Um, defensively, you know, they were, you know, keeping things in front, doing it too high a lot, and if they could control the run and then they, and their offense could come back. Patrick Mahomes starts to you know, panic a little bit, which we don't see. That was the weird part. We don't see that. So, you know, congrats to the Bengals. They're going to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988, I believe. Um, you know, those two turnovers, Patrick Mahomes kills you because then you give Kansas City, or I keep saying Kansas City, it gives the Cincinnati Bengals a chance to come down and score. That's two possessions you don't get to score. Um, that, you know, going for the touchdown at there and then the uh, half. Um, Andy reached by kicking himself. He kicked the field goal. You know, right now we're doing this. And then we got into the overtime where everybody was like, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to go into this overtime and Cincinnati won or, you know, Kansas City won the toss. And we're like, here we go again. They won the toss. They're going to march down the field and score. Uh, then we get the interception. 
and so this was fine. So you got both guys take a crack at it. Kansas City's offense got to take a crack at it. Now the Bengals get, take, take a crack at it. This is what an overtime is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Whether they come down and score or not, the other team has a chance to come out there and get a crack at it. Um, so the overtime for right now worked. Um, but the Bengals are off to the Super Bowl. A lot of us were Bengals fans, t- Bengals fans tonight because of Patrick Mahomes' brother. We – that guy and his TikTok stuff, everybody's annoyed by him. And then his wife taking the champagne bottle and spraying it over the, the fans after they beat the Bills. Well, now those fans have to drive home, whether how far they're. I remember people coming out saying, yeah, we had to drive home two hours and we shrieked up alcohol. My kid got the champagne sprayed on him where we didn't need to. Sometimes when people get into this fame and – their significant other is famous. Sometimes they feel like they can do what they want. Now, I'm not saying she's a bad person, probably a nice person. Uh, but you can't act that way either and think about what you're doing. And because of that, you got people now hating on your husband who we want him to lose because of how people around him act. And I remember, it might have been Pat McAfee saying, like, if people around Peyton Manning acted that way, we'd be like, oh man, Peyton Manning, he's not a good guy. You know, sometimes the people around how they act, that they surround someone with, then you judge that person of who they're around, no matter who it is, significant other, friends, whatever. So when his brother acts a certain way, you're like, eh, his wife is doing that, like, calm down. Like, you know, and then sometimes people want, the significant other wants to be noticed, and that's the vibe you're getting there. She's done other things, but that was, like, the final straw for people. So people were really rooting against the Chiefs. So now we don't have to deal with his wife or the brother uh, for right now for until next football season. Um, does she deserve like that much hatred? No, but to own up, like she didn't even think about that. Like even afterwards when it was called out, you know, she had some, I'm not even going to bother looking up at some quote of like, no, oh, I wish people would look at it this way. Like, no, look at it. The people where your significant other make is going to make $500 million just from his contract with the chiefs. I was not talking about the state farm commercials and, and the shampoo commercials, like for goodness sakes, like you never have to worry about money again. And the people that sit up there paid a lot of money to watch that. Now you're spraying them with alcohol. And if there's a kid up there that's going to be wreaked out with it, if it's like a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old, now that parent has to deal with that. What you know, you know, all that stuff. You don't want to do that. Think about your actions before you do it. But people in that type of position don't think about that type of stuff because they're too much on their high horse. You know, yeah, you could be happy for him to win the game. I'm all for that. I'm all for celebrating. I'm all for it. Maybe in your suite with the people, you're spraying it, whatever. But like, what makes you think the people below you want to do that? That paid probably, I don't even know, five hundred dollars a ticket, and then they're you know, then you do that on top of it. Like they don't need that. Some people probably didn't mind, but I know for me that happened to me. I would lose my absolute – I would lose it because nobody wants that to happen. Nobody. So just think before you act. That's why people were rooting against the Chiefs, I think, because of his wife and his his brother. Um, so congratulations to the Bengals. They are moving forward to the Super Bowl, first time since 1988. Who uh, Day Nation off to the Super Bowl. Joey Burrow off to the Super Bowl, second year in the league. I don't think that's ever happened or if it has. It's been a long time, long time. Moving on to the last game. Now, then we move over to the NFC Championship game that took place after. Uh, we get another rematch, uh, the 49ers versus the Rams. Um, I believe Sean McVay won the first three or four meetings because he and Kyle Shanahan coached on the same staff for the Washington team. Uh, back then, they were called the Washington Redskins. Now, they're the Washington football team. They were on the same staff. 
Um, McVay, they both got hired as head coaches in 2017. McVay won the first three of the four meetings, I believe. Then Shanahan has won the last six. So it's hard to continue to beat a coach like that over and over and over again, especially with the talent that the Rams have. Now, coming into this game, you know, Jimmy G has t- took a lot of heat. Uh, you know, you got these people on ESPN and Fox, you know, these this Mina, Mina person and Stephen A. Smith and people like that saying, you know, Jimmy G. You know, one of the phrases for Mina was like, you know, Jimmy G is the person in the group project that does nothing and gets an A. And what bothers me is you could say that about a lot of people. And we'll get to that of the stuff that's happened and what I think. But this was also another great game. It was a tight game. The 49ers were up 17-7 to at one point. The Rams come back to win at 20-17. to uh, Jimmy G did try to do too much at the end. Um, the Rams started to get way more pressure on him in the fourth quarter than they did the first three quarters. And then at the end, you know, when they're down 20-17, to 17, when they only got about a minute left, they're all the way down on their side of the field, I believe on their own 25 or 20. He was rolling out of the pocket. He saw somebody flung it out, and it did go off the guy's hands, and it flung up an interception. And people are like, why would you make that decision? And I even said, like, yeah, that wasn't a great decision to make. Um, but people want to blame him. We'll get to that. I'm jumping ahead. Um, great game. I thought Matthew Stafford played well. I'm happy for him. They get the win. Um, you know, they did have to make a, a comeback 0-0 in the first quarter. San Francisco up 10-7 to at halftime. Then they were up 17-7, to and then the Rams had to come score 13 points in the fourth quarter. Their defense really tightened up. They got way more pressure on Jimmy G. They were able to bump the receivers a lot more. Matthew Stafford played a good game, uh, 31 of 45, 337 yards, 7.5 yards, a completion, two touchdowns, and death, one interception, only sacked twice. Uh, I'll repeat this a couple times. Jimmy G was 16 of 30, 232 yards, two touchdowns, and he had that interception at the very last second. Not sacked one time. Uh, the run game was not going for San Francisco, so the Rams did a good job. Um, Samuel only had 26 yards. Mitchell only had 20 yards. So the run game was not going, so they had to rely on Jimmy G to do a little bit. Um, defense played well against the Rams offense up until the fourth quarter, and then they started to get some things rolling for them. Uh, Sean McVay heading back to the Super Bowl ever since he lost a few years ago to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Uh, so Matthew Stafford, first Super Bowl ever, all the years with uh, the Lions and all the great numbers he's put up, could never win a playoff game, never get to the Super Bowl. Well, now he's won a couple playoff games. He's on to the Super Bowl. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, great game going back and forth. I thought both coaches had great game plans um, going against good defenses. So even though they have good offenses, good offensive play callers, good offensive-minded coaches and players, you still have to go against a good defense. So going against this defense is very tough. Uh, in the 49ers, they got some dudes. They got pressure on Matthew Stafford. They were able to also control the run game there as well. Uh, so they had to rely on quarterbacks. This became a quarterback show. Um you know, Akers uh, only had 48 yards. Sony Mitchell only had 16 yards rushing. So with these defenses really controlling the run game from the other side, you have to rely on your quarterback. And Matthew Stafford just has, you know, more outside weapons around him so he can make a little more of those passes. They're still going to try to run the ball, and so is San Francisco. Um, But, again, not much to this game, but, you know, it was just a good game, a uh, great game. Uh, it came down to, you know, Matthew Stafford. They they let it down and kicked a field goal. 
and got up 2017. And then, you know, so people are going to talk about this. Um, I stand by it and say that Jimmy G is still a good quarterback. All that guy does is win. And I don't need to go over the stats again because you guys can go listen to my Jimmy G. All he does is win. And I already know uh, that Mina, Mina, whatever her last name is, put up a gif of like, of a guy going like, hmm. So all, I can already hear it now, whether they're saying it now or they're going to say it tomorrow, that Jimmy G lost them the game. I hate that. I absolutely hate it. And not the fact that it's Jimmy G. I absolutely hate it when you look at a player and say they lost you the game. That's the most idiotic thing. But these people on Fox Sports and ESPN are going to come on and say, well, he lost him the game because he threw that interception. Well, one, should he have flipped the ball like that? No, probably not. He should have probably taken the hit. But that flip did hit off the guy's hands. So when it hits off the guy's hands and flings up, well, now whose fault is it? Is it the guy he tossed it to? Is it Jimmy G's fault? Mm, I don't know. But then all I can already hear, Mina and Stephen A. Smith, oh, he lost them. Because of how Jimmy G played, he lost them a game. Well, I'm going to read the number again because they like to talk about numbers. They like to think quarterbacks have to throw for 500 yards a game. They want Matthew Stafford numbers, that 337 yards. I mean, Jimmy G was 16 of 30. Matthew Stafford was 31 of 45. Jimmy G had 232 yards. He averaged 7.7 yards of completion. Matthew Stafford averaged 7.5. Now, Jimmy G had the two touchdowns. I thought he played pretty well. Yes, there's times they didn't convert on third down. Uh, I thought on that fourth and two, they should have went for instead of taking the penalty. Well, I thought the third and second uh, play call there in the fourth quarter was bad. It was like a fullback dive, like a reverse fullback dive out of the offset eye. And I was like, what are you doing? Jimmy G is actually kind of playing well. The short pass game is working. So what kind of play call is that? And I've already seen it today, tonight. You know, Kyle Shanahan is the worst coach, like a terrible coach, like a garbage coach. But these are the type of people that don't understand the game. These are the type of people that don't take a step back and look at it. Like, yes, I was rooting for the Bengals. Yes, I was rooting against the Chiefs because of Nick Wright. Nick Wright, you sit down because your Chiefs are gone. Bye-bye. But I also sit back and understood that Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks we've seen. He's not the best, but he's pretty good. That offense, pretty good. The players, pretty good. If they won, I wouldn't sit there and say, you know, whatever. And because they lost, Patrick Mahomes didn't lose in the game. The Bengals just beat them. The, I just think the Chiefs didn't do enough to win. So in this one, people are going to say Jimmy G lost in the game. Those are the type of numbers that you put up to win a game. They didn't get the run game going. So, you know, there's times that that offense, you know, that play. So again, Kyle, go back to Kyle Shanahan real quick. If he's a garbage coach, he wouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl. He wouldn't have above 500 record. He wouldn't be getting the team to the NFC Championship game with the injuries they sustained, with a new coaching, defensive coaching staff. Um, with Jimmy G being, uh, you know, he had he had stuff wrong with his knee, his ankle, his throwing thumb. That these people on ESPN, the Stephen A. Smiths and them, don't understand those type of injuries. I'm not saying I do, but I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to sit and say he came out and played with these injuries to prove to his teammates he was going to do whatever it took to play. And the medical staff said, you know what, if he can handle the pain and he's, and the coaches are looking at it saying, okay, he can handle the pain. He can make this throw. Boom. We're going to play him. That's it. So I don't think Jimmy G played that bad of a game watching the game. He was making decent throws, uh, better than the last game versus the Packers in the snow globe that they played in, but he's going to take a lot of heat. I'm already going to hear about it. You know, they're going to say it tomorrow that how he, he lost them the game or he didn't win them the game. I don't remember people saying that about Tom Brady. 
you know, when he's won a Super Bowl or whatever, you know, leading the team down and then they have to kick a field goal. Well, shouldn't the kicker say they won the game for them? You know, did Tom Brady win them the game or did the kicker? So this argument goes different ways. So some of these people, you know, the Minas and the Stephen A. Smiths and the Max Kellermans, they just want to talk on this big platform because people watch it because of the network they're on. That's why some of them don't have their own streaming. They have to be on there. Stephen H. trying on this Disney thing, which I don't even know if people watch. But they have that title there. And so, you know, people are going to listen, so they're going to say this. I'm not saying they don't understand football. I'm not saying they can't look at it and not really understand what's going on and dive into some of the basics from the outside looking in. But when you get to the actual core, you can't sit there and say that Jimmy G lost them the game. Now, if he had like maybe four interceptions and they were all returned for touchdowns, yes, maybe some of the blame could put on there. But in a game like this where the defense could have made a couple plays. The offensive line could have blocked better for the run game. Maybe they didn't run as hard. Maybe they dropped some footballs and he put them right on the money. I thought Jimmy G was putting balls in places that could be caught. I thought he was making tight window throws. That interse- If he never had the interception, would you sit there and say he lost in the game? I mean, so you got to – so some of these people have to pick and choose their battles. The Rams' defense just stepped up when the 49ers didn't. And then at the end, again, they kind of did the tighten-up thing where, yeah, they tried to force some things in that fourth corner. Jimmy G did that, but again, hit the guy in the hands. I know he flipped it out there. Hit the guy in the hands, and it pops up. So are you going to blame Jimmy G? It's going to go down as an interception for him, but you're going to blame him for that. Should the guy have caught it? You know, so when you so again, these people are going to look at the numbers because for some reason numbers rule all. They're a part of the conversation, but they don't tell you the whole story. That's why you play the game. You don't on paper. The Rams should have probably blown out the 49ers by two touchdowns, but that's why it's on paper and you play the game. You play the game. And again, you beat a team six times in a row, it's hard to do it the seventh. Or whatever, you could beat them four times in a row, it's hard to do it the fifth. So Jimmy G did not lose them the game. He didn't. He had them in positions to win the game. I think when you go back and look at that third and two play call, it was terrible. I understand the thinking process, but why would you be under center reverse all the way around where he's offset that way, where he's got to come all the way over, and you're taking time to hand the ball off against Aaron Donald and them to give them time to push the offensive line back. If you're going to do that, he might as well be right behind you, turn, hand off, boom. But it's third and two, a fullback dive. And Jimmy G was throwing the ball pretty well at that time. He was pretty in a good rhythm. So then that play call I didn't understand. Then it's fourth and two. You might as well just go for it. You're right on the other side of the 50. Might as well go for it. So I think that didn't help. Uh, other times they did the same thing. He wants to run the football. I don't know why he was Jimmy again. Jimmy G was throwing the ball well. So again, Jimmy G still has a winning playoff record. He still has a winning regular season record. Is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? Maybe not, but he's still a good quarterback. So these experts on ESPN that. You know, I respect in the form of how most of them worked really, really hard from the bottom up in journalism in ways that I never could or understand to get to that point. But then once you get to that point, don't don't forget to say intelligent things and don't forget to say what's actually happening. Don't just say things for people to look at it because then you're going to get, you know, whatever said back to you. Okay, and it's not the fact, you know, I respect every single person on there except for Nick Wright because I think he's a blummering buffoon. But like Mina and all them worked very hard. And when you listen to them talk about the game and you watch them, yeah, 
they, they could tell you basic things. And that's what you want to watch on there. But then after the basic thing, well, it's because Jimmy G lost him the game. He only had 232 yards. Like, Jimmy G is the perfect quarterback for that system because he he does just enough to help you be in a position to win the game. But it takes a whole team. You know, so they're going to look at it and say, well, he only threw for 200. So the last time versus the Packers, when they had 100 and something yards passing, well, he probably should have had 300 passing yards. It's probably, you know, that's what they were all saying. Now they're going to look at it and go, well, he only threw for 232 yards. Yeah. When you only throw for 232 yards, you can't win the game. Bullshit. That's what he's done the whole time. He has won that many games doing that. Tom Brady's only thrown for that many yards and won games. You know, Patrick Mahomes has done that. He only had 200 and some yards. So this Jimmy G stuff needs to stop. I know some of the hatred towards people need to stop. But that's part of the nature for these ESPN Fox News people. Or not Fox News, Fox Sports. When you're in that world, you're going to get people like me saying things. You're going to get people like Coach JB, who that big feud happened to say things, and you have to be able to handle it. That's the nature of it, of what you're doing. And it's coming from people that understand the game and just saying things because you're inconsistent with what you say. But anyway, Rams are going to the Super Bowl. We're going to have a Rams versus Bengals. Super Bowl, who knew that was going to happen at the beginning of the year? If you say it was going to happen at the beginning of the year, I don't believe you. Um, great game of fo- day of football. Um, congratulations to Matthew Stafford. Happy for him to get to the Super Bowl. I was kind of rooting for Jimmy G, but at the same time, Happy to see him get to a Super Bowl. Um, I'm sure they're going to be a favorite. Probably, uh, it's going to be about four and a half, maybe four, four and a half, somewhere in there. Uh, favorite. Um, but congratulations to the Bengals. That's a huge story. Uh, shout out to Coach Banstra, my friend Coach Banstra, high school football coach in Ohio. Go check out his podcast, the Gap Down Backer podcast on his YouTube channel. He's a lifetime, he's a big Bengals fan. And he was on my podcast, and Coach Banstra, I said to you, what if they start winning and do this? And he said, ah, they're not going to make the playoffs, they're not going to do this. Because he can't believe it. Again, he's that irrealistic Bengals fan. And remember, the Bears beat them. I don't know how, but they did. Um, but that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, again, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow wherever you listen to your podcast. Be a friend, tell a friendly review, and all that good stuff. Try to check out the weekly episodes. Um, check out all the affiliates in the description below. Also, check out ColorCast, um, only for Apple right now. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, go do all that for me. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Coach Steve, another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, and we are out of here. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.